This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, hi, and welcome. I am your host, Emigrant Awardner, and in my nearly 20-year career as a beauty and health writer, I have interviewed a lot of people, supermodels, entrepreneurs, authors, celebrities, and doctors, and many of these conversations had a real impact on me, and I'd come away feeling inspired, excited, informed, and really empowered, and at the back of my mind, I'd always think, I wish I could just publish the tape so people could really feel that conversation. Well, on this podcast, you get to feel the conversation. I talk with experts, guests, and a few friends who I hope will inspire, inform, and empower you, and maybe also challenge you, whether you're looking for self-help, self-improvement, beauty advice, health insights, business know-how, or just some good old-fashioned life advice and a bit of a laugh. It's all here. Welcome to the show. Teddy Mellencamp joins me in this episode and I invited her on the podcast because we have both had light bulb moments that have led us down a sort of a fairly similar path in actual fact. Longtime listeners and followers on Instagram, where I'm at Emma Guns, will know that a couple of years ago I became so sick and tired, for want of a better word, of being sick and tired of being overweight and feeling lethargic and unhealthy that instead of going on a diet or some extreme fitness regime, which was my previous go-to, I actually did something much harder. And that was to be honest with myself about how I was contributing to the problem. So I spent many, many years blaming my hormones, my stress, my genes, my circumstances, my salary, you name it, everything. And all of that protected me from having to face a much harder truth. It was my fault. Now, I say fault, but that fault was a binge eating issue. So let's just be clear, that's a mental health illness, not a wanton lack of willpower. But realizing this, understanding what I was dealing with and being accountable allowed me to make the lifestyle changes that have meant I'm no longer working against myself, I'm working for myself. I had goals, trust me, I wanted to lose weight and feel good, but previously, whether I realised it or not, I was steering myself away from them rather than towards them. And when I heard Teddy's story, I felt there was a symmetry and that we had both, under our own steam, come to a similar conclusion. Teddy's journey began when, frustrated by her yo-yoing weight and not feeling healthy, she started an Instagram feed with a post that said, I'm changing my life today, follow along to see if I can do it. And she succeeded, she really did succeed. It's been seven years since that post and being accountable to herself and her followers. And she will say her life has changed for the better because of it. And so the reason I wanted to share a conversation with Teddy on the show is that the majority of questions I receive via email are about how to get motivated and stay motivated. People who follow me on Instagram might ask how I motivate myself to work out every day or how do I stay focused on my goals or I'm asked how do I begin, where do I, where do I even start if I want to get fitter in inverted commas. I have set myself a goal but I have no idea how to get there is another one, what do I need to do or there will be messages about how many times people have set goals and not reached them and how they are now frustrated with themselves and feeling less motivated than ever. Now, I just want to make it clear, this isn't about weight loss or working out. And in fact, Teddy mentions this in the show, that while the most obvious change when you start being accountable to yourself is the physical one, particularly if weight loss is a goal, it's the thing that people begin to notice is the increase in confidence, the glow, the more positive outlook, which has much more to do with trusting yourself and believing in yourself and what you're able to do than the physical weight loss that might be in many ways a byproduct of the action that you're taking to support yourself. So in this conversation, I asked Hayley to share her story and how that one social media post changed everything. During our conversation, Teddy shares why comparison kills all joy and how to avoid it, why it's so easy to get caught in a vicious cycle when you're actively working against yourself without even realising it, the trap of misery loves company, why it's so unhelpful to look for external validation and why it's vital to develop that skill within yourself, 
Why the physical transformation is nothing compared to the mental and emotional one when you start taking accountability. Why self-sabotaging behaviour is trying to stop you from feeling something you should be feeling perhaps. The value in opening up the lines of communication with your inner circle so you feel seen and heard. Why it's a myth that motivated people wake up motivated every day. Why the best investment you can make is in yourself, snapping yourself out of feeling like a victim. And why progress is really honestly just about putting one foot in front of the other because forward is a pace. All the links to Teddy and everything we discuss will be in the show notes. But if you're looking for motivation, regardless of why, regardless of what the goals are, I hope you find Teddy's insights helpful. So here she is, Teddy Mellencamp on The Emma Gunn Show. Well, this is absolutely glorious because I am staring at the very beautiful face of Teddy Mellencamp Arawave. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm fantastic. And I'm so pleased to be speaking to you because uh, listeners, I was just saying to Teddy before we started recording, I feel as though we have quite a lot of symmetry in various things that we've gone through in our lives, whether it's anxiety, weight management, basically kind of the, I think the thing I keep coming back to is my life changed for the better when I stopped looking for other people to blame and took accountability. Yeah. When you stop looking for other people to blame or for other people to compare yourself to, because I've learned comparison kills all joy. And, you know, we focus on ourselves and then we can, you know, as long as we're growing in some capacity and, you know, pushing ourselves to learn more things and try new things, we're not going to be complacent and we're going to be feeling better ultimately. (laughs) So not to put too much pressure on you, I, I feel that what you've been able to do is untangle some really negative ways of thinking, negative patterns, not only so that you can help yourself, but actually what you've done is say, listen, I know this works. I want to share it with as many people who are as open to it as possible. So I wondered if you could talk me through that story and where it all began. So it started, you know, I had always ridden horses and I was a competitive professional. And it was like, I only knew happiness if I was winning. A good day was a blue ribbon. A bad day was, you know, I made a mistake or the horse made a mistake. And I would punish myself for it. And I kind of got on this like vicious cycle. It was like I became obsessed with the win, but not obsessed with the things that I was doing to improve or any of those types of things. Cut to I meet my husband. Um, You know, we start getting serious. We start trying to get pregnant. And, um, you know, I struggled with infertility. So then that was a whole nother level of pressure I put on myself. Like, why can't I get pregnant? You know, I'm having miscarriages. I'm going through IVF. Here we go. And in that process, it was a really hard process because it wasn't like, you know, my old bad habits of like, this is a win and a lose. This is life we're talking about. And now here I am in this this really hard spot. And then, you know, I, you know, I was blessed to end up having kids. And after my son and after a couple of miscarriages, I, you know, wasn't riding. I had my two little kids and I really became a misery loves company person. You know, like I could put on a brave face and go out there and have fun with my kids during the day. But at night, I honestly, just turned to feeling really alone. I wasn't vulnerable. I wasn't sharing with my husband how I was feeling. And it was really putting a a strain on our relationship because I wasn't, he's not a mind reader. And if you pretend everything's okay, people believe everything's okay. So it wasn't just like my mental state was struggling because I was like not taking care of myself, not feeling good, looking to other people to, you know, make me feel good. And I didn't have any tools to do it myself, you know? So it really was a vicious cycle. And I had gotten to the point where I was like, I don't know if my marriage is going to make it. It gotten to the point where I would crop myself out of every picture that I I was in with my kids. It got to the point where like, I didn't even feel good enough in my own skin to run around and, you know, be as present as I wanted to be as a mom. And that's not who I am. And that's not why I had kids. And, you know, all of these things were struggling. And I had been one of, I had kept complaining to my friends, you know, blah, 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 you know, this is happening. This is happening. And, you know, they, they, they help you feed into that. And then finally one day without talking to anybody, I started an Instagram account. It wasn't the best name at the beginning. It was LA workout junkie, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I started it and I just said, hi, my name's Teddy Mellencamp Ariave, and I'm changing my life today. Follow along if you're interested. And I blogged and wrote on my Instagram for 365 days. 
And it was about workouts. It was about what I was eating. It was all of these things. And, you know, yes, I lost over 80 pounds. So people saw the physical transformation, but what people really saw was the mental transformation and started seeing that glow, that excitement, that purpose, all of those things come to life. And, you know, I, and the thing that I realized that I had missing my entire life was accountability. Like I, I just never took accountability for my actions and I started not believing in myself and not started not believing the promises I would keep to myself because I would always end up changing my mind and going, oh, I'll start next Monday. I'll do this next week or whatever it may be. And so in that, you know, I started building a following because people either want to see you fail or they want to see you succeed. So, you know, I start getting a following. People start reaching out to me. I start getting press about it. And then people start saying, I want you to do this for me. I want you to hold me accountable because I don't want to put it on social media. Like you're, that's wild that you want to do that. But like, that was the only way I knew how I'm like, I need social media to like, I'm going to write right now. Like I'm going out for a walk in 30. You better be in my DMS. If I'm not out there, you know, like that's what I needed. And then I realized, wow, when people started reaching out, this is incredible. I can do this for other people. And then that gave me a whole nother boost of like, okay, now I'm not only just doing this for me, I'm doing this to help other people change their life. Or if you're going through postpartum and you feel really alone, you're not alone or whatever it may be. And then the business just started growing and growing. And, you know, then I book a TV show and then it explodes. And, you know, everybody wanted me to kind of sell out and say, you know, just start hiring everyone you can and just do it, you know, go to the masses and hire every personal trainer you can and every nutrition. And I was like, absolutely not. I am only going to hire people from within. Mm -hmm. So if you've gone through the program and it has changed your life and you practice what you preach, those are the people that I believe in, that I know that if I am in a place where I am struggling, I want to know that the person I'm talking to has felt that same way. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's how we've gone to changing over 20,000 lives. It's honestly, I am so grateful to the community because it's kept me. I mean, I'm now over seven years into, into doing this. And it doesn't mean that I don't have bad days or it doesn't mean that I still don't mentally struggle. I have anxiety. I have OCD. I have insomnia. I have all the things, but at least now I have the tools and community. And I've learned to be vulnerable and take action. So that's, as you can tell, I'm just so passionate about it, but I truly believe in it. And that's, that's really what my business is all about and what my, where my heart is. Mm, And I, as you say, it's completely evident. And I think just going back on a couple of the things that you said so much of it, I can relate to. And one of the things is uh, I was a a real moaner. I would go and see my friends and I would say, we'd be, go for brunch. Oh, I can't eat that because I have hormone problems and I don't metabolize carbohydrates. But that really wasn't the truth of the matter. The truth was that generally I was consuming too much, but I was trying to show, I was, I was uh, always presenting excuses. Right. And, and I guess, I don't know if you would agree with this. There's a sort of a sugar high, for want of a better expression, of living behind an excuse. Yeah. But actually it's it's quite a painful place to be where you're constantly living in that bubble of it's not my fault it's because of this when actually that place is a, is a place of denial yeah and and we know what it is that we're doing you know we you know there was a time and you know where i truthfully ate every single one of my feelings you know like that any t- i had no idea how to process any emotions and you know something that i have to repeat to myself over and over and over again is what am i refusing to feel right now mm. cuz i'm one of those people that i don't i don't like to feel angry i don't like to feel you know i don't lo- i mean it sounds crazy because you know i used to be on a reality show arguing with women but i don't love confrontation you know like i in my day to day life that is not who i am and it eats me up inside so sometimes i put on this perfectionism piece and don't allow myself to feel mm-hmm. so when you're doing that and then you're also kind of punishing yourself it's a very vicious cycle of just not even knowing who you are Mm. and, and then expecting others to know who you are and to complete you, which is not going to happen. It's that constant search, isn't it? For external validation, for someone to say, you're okay, Emma, or you're okay, Teddy. I I see you. You're, you're fine. 
I mean, my therapist always says it's a fake safety. You love fake safety. You want to create like, you know, that's part of, you know, and that's part of my OCD. It's like the schedules and the lists and making sure that everything's organized and making sure that the house is this and that. And that. It's this fake safety that we create in order to not feel, to not take action, to not move forward. And it can be very debilitating on reaching your goals or Mm -hmm. taking that step. I mean, I remember even when I started my business, people were laughing at me. They're like, what are you doing? Like, you don't, what, what is, you know? And I, it was the first time in my life. I was like, I don't actually really care what you think. I believe in this, it's changed my life and I can't sit still any longer and I have to fight for what's best. That finally I felt free. Mm-hmm. And then finally I was able to do those things because if not, people want to pigeonhole you into the place where you've always been, because that's where they're comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, when you start to grow, when you start to learn, when you start to, you know, achieve things, it's hard for people that have been with you when you're at your lowest to see you go and get more comfortable and get more, you know, happy. Yeah. Because if you're a people pleaser as well, um, the, and then you shift it and actually the the person you prioritize is not someone else. It's you. That does feel different to other people. It, It might feel like you're abandoning them or that you've changed. Yeah. And I mean, that's the big thing that I learned, you know, people always, you know, when you listen to motivational speakers or any of those types of things, you hear the power, like, yes, you should say yes, yes, yes. But what about the power of no, Mm. no, that actually doesn't work for me. No, you know what? I'm actually focusing on this right now. No, this is where I'm going. Or I love you. I appreciate you, but that no longer works for me. And what I'm trying to do, I hope that you can understand and realize this is about me and not about you and just setting these boundaries set and then people will come along. But if what you try to do is people please and not actually share what you're trying to do and your mission and whatever it is that you're working to accomplish, then people are going to pull at you and try to, you know, make the situation comfortable for them. But Mm -hmm. if you're transparent, if you're honest, if you're vulnerable, that's all you can be as a friend, as a, you know, a a parent, a lover, no matter what the situation is, you're going to be able to get through it. If you're open. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability is quite a difficult place to get to though, if you're worried about how other people might react. And if, if you are anxious, I guess, and I guess one of the reasons maybe, and I definitely feel this, uh, one of the reasons why I don't like confrontation is because I beat myself up a lot. So if it happens externally, it's like, I'm, it's a knockout. <laughs> I need to, I need time to recover. Yeah. And I mean, I think sometimes we have to understand is, you know, I, my husband doesn't fully understand anxiety. So if I'm like, I'm really anxious today, he'll say something like, why? <laughs> like he thinks there's like a thing, like one that, you know, I'm like, no, like anxiety lives inside of me. And some mornings I wake up and like, I'm in a sweat. I don't feel like myself. My head is like bubbling around and I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's like, you're not inside your own body. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, through the years I've explained to him, will he ever a hundred percent understand? Probably not. Do I need him to probably not, but do I need him to be empathetic when I share it? Yes. But I think oftentimes that's all about communication. Like I had to learn to say to my husband, listen, if I'm telling you that I'm super anxious or whatever it is, I don't need you to try to fix it for me. I'm simply telling you because while we're having breakfast, I may seem a little out of it or removed or whatever. So I'm really just telling you so you don't take it personally. And I kind of will say the same things with my kids because there are certain days where you, you know, you, you know, lack of a better term, you're white knuckling. You're just, I got to get through this. I got to do, you know, like my driving anxiety is really bad and I've got to take the kids to 47 places. I'm like, guys in the car, we're just going to listen to music today. I can't, I really, mommy needs no fighting today because mommy is not feeling like her best self. And I don't want to lose my patience, mm-hmm. but just opening up. Cause then if not, they're taking it personally, what's wrong, mom, what's going on, what's happening, blah, blah, you know, and then all of a sudden that adds to it. Mm. I know I've said about uh, accountability uh, and that being a really transformational, a big pivot moment for me. But I think uh, one of the things actually was getting, I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired of myself. Yeah. That, and I just thought, I can't keep doing this. I, I, this just, 
And I don't know whether sometimes people really understand how much time and effort it takes to be unhappy in your own skin. And actually there's a real freedom. I think you said it a minute ago, there's a real freedom about kind of blossoming out of that headspace and saying, it's okay to feel these things, but I do want to improve them or fix them or change them. You know, I think everybody's looking for that like magic pill or that day, you know, people, something people will say to me often is, how are you so motivated? Like, how do you wake up every day so motivated? And I'm like, I'm not, by the way, I am not, but I'm committed. Mm. I'm committed to me. And there's a difference. You're not going to wake up every day and feel inspired or motivated. And anybody that says they do, please, like, let's... (laughs) have a little reality check, but there's ways to get yourself to, you know, I may wake up someday, like today I have back-to-back things. I was up at four 30 in the morning, like just, you know, I have to go through it. I have to get everything done. And I remember when that alarm went off, I was like, Oh, I could just press snooze, not go for my run, not do this, blah, blah, blah. But then I'm like, I know if I do that one, I am not going to want to do it later. And two, I'm not going to be as, as awake and as excited. And, you know, all the things that I know I need to do to be my best self and show up as my best self to the things that are important to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you have to realize. There isn't going to be someone that's going to create that in you. However, if you have accountability, so even if you couldn't do my program, but if you have a friend and you say like, listen, for these next two weeks, we're going to set up an accountability chain between the two of us. We're going on a walk every day. And then you hold each other accountable to it. And you know what? Even put some skin in the game. If any of us, you know, doesn't do it one day, we owe the other one a Starbucks or 10 bucks or whatever it is that you want to do. And then you add into it because people also forget you have to invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. That is going to be a priority. If you don't invest your time and sometimes financial, then you are not going to make changes. You don't have to have all the money in the world to eat healthier, but you do have to invest the time to research what those things are. And I think that oftentimes we just want somebody to do everything for us. And if we can't, like, you know, one of my excuses back in the day was, oh, I don't have a chef. I don't have a personal trainer. I don't have this. I can't do any of these things. I don't have a nanny. I don't have that. I could have put my kids, my daughter in the stroller and gone on a walk. I could have done, you know, all of those things. And I think that's just the key accountability. And also knowing if you're in a really dark place, it's most the time not going to let up from you if you don't until you change something. Mm. And it's never a problem to ask for help. Yeah. And I think how do you know? Have you been able to figure out, given that you have all these people? I think you said over 20,000 lives changed. How do you know when it when an excuse is BS because you don't want to face the real problem? You know, I think you get, I mean, one of the key things for, you know, everybody that works with me is being able to read people, but also we pair people with that have struggled with similar things. Like we, you know, we see somebody's questionnaire and then we can kind of know, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, with our accountability, even though we say, you know, lunch is due by two or whatever it may be. If somebody says to you like, Hey, you know, I'm a nurse and it's, re- it's run over and lunch is actually going to be at three. I hope that's not a problem because I didn't start my day till, blah, blah. you know, they give you the information. Of course, no problem. You're being accountable. Mm-hmm. But if you're that person, that's like, oh, time totally slipped by. I forgot to order lunch. I didn't do this, blah, blah, blah. Like those are excuses. So there's different ways. Like if you really want to make a change, you're going to have to organize your life a little bit to start. And then for me, it's pretty much effortless at this point because it's now a habit. Yeah. But a habit doesn't happen overnight. A lifestyle change doesn't happen overnight. So yes, it is going to take work. And so you can think about it, put some snacks in your bag. So you're not tempted to pull in and get a cake pop from Starbucks. You know, like those are the types of things that you have to train yourself to do. If not, you're always going to choose the easier option and always going to have that excuse. Well, it was the kids. It was this, it was that, but I know how long it takes to throw some nuts in a bag and, you know, a couple pieces of fruit and whatever it may be and be on my way. Mm. It takes 20 seconds. (laughs) So how long does it take to park, go into Starbucks, get the cake pop, come out, you know, Exactly. No, you're, you're completely right. But talk to me about, because I thought this was fascinating, about the way in which you started to, pre the program, pre everything, 
be accountable to yourself. And it was with your three non-negotiables. And one of the key factors is writing them down. Oh yeah. So I have, I have a journal that has this, but you can do this completely on your own, but it's, I have my three non-negotiables for the day and my three goals. So three non-negotiables are the three things I'm going to do no matter what. So originally when I started, you know, changing my life, I was one of those people that drank like diet, Dr. Pepper's like they were going out of stock. Like I was pounding diet Dr. Peppers. So (laughs) the idea of drinking water and that being my, you know, 95% of what I was intaking liquid wise was really hard change for me. Mm -hmm. And so for a while, my non-negotiable was the same, you know, my first non-negotiable was the same water, water every day. Like, I don't like to do no's, so I don't like to do, you know, I like to do like drink water only instead of no sodas because no then makes you start to think, oh, I want that. So, you know, it could be something like that. It could, it's whatever the things are that you must complete that day. So those are your three non-negotiables and, you know, it could be working out. It could be meal prep. It could be, you know, for me, I despise writing thank you cards. It's really anything because what ends up happening is when we don't want to do something, we end up spending so much time thinking about not wanting to do it that then we don't do it. Mm -hmm. So if you make it your three non-negotiables and then what I do, and I actually learned this from um, another blogger that I follow her name. It's like Ashley and Emily, but I set a timer and I set a timer for whatever it is. And then I realized now, cause my non-negotiables aren't working out anymore. It's like, you know, paperwork stuff or, mm. you know, whatever that is. It really only takes me like 20 minutes. And then, then I can tell myself the next time, Teddy, that took you 11 minutes, please, you know, like <laughs> get it together and give yourself that kind of boost. But so the three non-negotiables are three things you're going to do. And then you check them off the list. And then all of a sudden you start building that confidence to yourself. Like, Hey, you know what? I can do hard things. I can do the things that I say I'm going to do. And then you start building that confidence. You have that belief st- system that's raised. And then the goals are the things that you want to do like your manifestations or, you know, they can be big or small. You don't have to overthink it, but you know, it could be something like I want to learn to dance or I want, you know, anything, but just to see it over and over again, you don't have to force yourself to do it. You'll do it when you're ready, but there are things that are, you know, weighing on your heart. But if you write it down, then it's there. Then you've taken that pressure off of like, I need to learn Spanish or whatever it may be. And it's just right there. And it's an overall goal, or it could even be a small goal. Like, you know, I drink, I drank, you know, three waters. I'd prefer to drink five, whatever it may be, but you can tailor it to you. So often I didn't write things down because I thought it needed to be perfect and look perfect. And like, if my handwriting didn't look nice, or if I made a mistake that it couldn't, I couldn't do it. Now I just scribble it down. It's like, it's nothing, but like the belief I have in myself of completing the things I'm going to say is it's hands down the best. I love the fact because I read that you said that essentially that was you proving to yourself that your actions helped you and it was like you uh, there was no failure there because you had evidence just day after day after day of completing those three non-negotiables which I guess kind of gave you that toolkit that emotional toolkit that maybe hadn't quite hadn't been as robust as you needed it to be previously. Yeah. And I think that people also think when you're changing your life, you need to be at a hundred percent every single day. Like I want to, you know, I want to start exercising. I'm going to, I need to run a marathon. No, wake up and decide, you know, set your timing. I like to know my time frame so that I always get it done. But if I wake up and my body is tired and it's hurting or like, I'm just feeling like I don't want to go for a run, even though maybe that was my plan. I could do a restorative yoga. I could go on a walk. I could do, you know, whatever it may be. You don't have to do the exact plan, but keep moving, keep that habit going and then tell yourself, figure out what it is that you like to do. Like I used to dread working out because I don't love going to the gym and like lifting heavy weights. It's like, I don't get, I don't feel better from it. It's like, you know, I lift light weights, but I do a lot of body resistance and learning classes that you like to go to, but you, in order to figure out what you like, you got to try things. Mm -hmm. And so you got to get out of your comfort zone and go try things. I've tried every class in Los Angeles (laughs) for sure. And I figured out my main things, the things that make me the happiest are going on hikes Mm -hmm. are, you know, jogging outside, 
hot yoga, but like everybody's different. You got to figure out you and you got to go through some discomfort on the way to figure out what that is. I think that's another thing that's come up time and time again on the podcast. And it's one of the things I really loved about having Wim Hof on the show when he was saying, when he does the cold water therapy and he talks about actually it's embracing that pain that gets you to the good feeling. It's like, it's just persevering through that. And I do think there's an element of that with everything uh, that, that you've been talking about in terms of accountability, change isn't easy. And I remember years ago, uh, someone saying to me, there's a reason why caterpillars go into a chrysalis. It's so you can't hear the screams because change is hard. I'm sure you've heard that expression. Yeah. I mean, I think if change was easy, everybody, you know, would be metamorphosing all over the place, (laughs) but it's just not. And I think you also have to break it down. Like, what is it that you want to change the most? Like for me, I had to really break it down. If I put it all in one big box, like I wanted to, I want to lose 80 pounds. I want to, you know, be a better wife. I want to be able to laugh more. I want to be whatever those things and try to put it all in one. You had to just start with one. Mm. Like where's, and my first focus is I need to feel better. And then it was, I want to start liking myself more. And then it was, I want to have more fun with my kids. And then it was, you know, and now it's turned into, I want to figure out ways to expand my bit, you know, like it just really, you know, oftentimes we keep ourselves in this small bubble because we think, all right, we've done this. Now we're done, but no, there's always, there's always different ways to pivot and find ways to continue that feeling where you can almost have that high of excitement of trying something new and pushing yourself out of that comfort zone. I think there's also a big difference between being uh, what it looks like to other people when someone is perhaps following a really strict regimen and what you're talking about. And I think sometimes, and I don't know whether you've had this, I certainly have, if I say, oh, I'm not going to have that, I will suddenly get the kickback from people of, oh, don't be so joyless or have a little bit of fun. And I don't actually (laughs) believe that living and being accountable means that you don't allow yourself to have fun. Yeah. I mean, it used to, and this, at the beginning of my journey, it was live a little, you know, but I think that a big thing for me was learning that I could, I could make choices. So let's say we go to my favorite restaurant. It's Craig's. We go to Craig's and I will, before dinner, make the decision. Would I prefer to have, you know, a glass of wine or dessert? We don't always need to have all of the things. Mm-hmm. And making that. And then when somebody wants to say something to you or like, come on, try that, 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 you know, it's like, listen, I love you. And I am, if you put it out this way, I love you. And I am not judging you one bit for you enjoying whatever it is that you want to enjoy. But I chose I'm having my wine tonight, you know, (laughs) like really put it out there because that's really when people are, you know, worried that you're not going to have enough fun with them or that you're not enjoying life it's really because they don't want you to judge them because they're going to make a different choice than you, which you're not. Mm. You just may have different goals in mind at the time, you know, or maybe they're the type that they have a, you know, a small bite of dessert and they're good to go. I'm not that type. So, yeah. I mean, I think if you've, as I have definitely done in the past, if you eat your feelings, I think there, I, I have to be cautious around food. And I remember creating a podcast a little while ago And I talked about the fact that I really enjoy intermittent fasting and I enjoy it because I sleep better. That's basically like my thing. If I do intermittent fasting, I definitely have a better quality of sleep. And I had this really wonderful email from a listener who said, you have to understand that for me, who's suffered and struggled with restricting food, uh, that's really triggering for me to hear that. And I, at the time, I had this lovely conversation with her and said, I actually really benefit from discipline around food, but that doesn't mean I'm go. that actually steers me away from a dark path. And I completely understand why, why you wouldn't see it that way, but do you, is that a similar thing for you? I think that everybody has to understand that their relationship around their bodies, around food, around a scale, around whatever it may be is their own. We can't put ourselves all in this box of feeling the exact same way. We can be empathetic on how other people may be triggered, but also understand that we all choose to live our lives in whatever way is going to make us feel our best. That's the ideal. I mean, I know so many, you know, people in the health space that love intermittent fasting. I personally am not my best self on it because then I'm hangry and then I'm not, I'm kind of, you know, 
bratty and it's just not for me. I physically may feel better, but my mental state is not the best while doing it. Does that mean that I think you shouldn't do it? No, it really. So I think we all, we've gotten to a place, especially, you know, in the world of social media where everybody wants to, you know, you can't have different opinions or you can't express what works for you because they don't like it or whatever it may be. But I think not everything is for everybody. And that's what we have to understand. And also, if you're following somebody or you're listening to somebody and it's not suiting you, unfollow. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. Oh, stop. Like I know if I'm on, you know, on Instagram or if I'm listening to a podcast and I can feel myself getting upset and not learning. Yeah. There, there are people that are going to have opposing views for me and I may, you know, have that like, Oh, I disagree, but like, let me hear, I want to hear, hear them out. Or there's points where I actually get mad and all of a sudden I'm in this bad mood. Turn it off. Like we're not forced to sit there and make ourselves unhappy. So we have to figure out ways to you know, surround ourselves, whether it's in real life or on social media or in podcasts to, you know, put yourself in a situation of growth or laughter or whatever it is that you want to do, do it. Mm. But I've also heard you say something which I absolutely love because it's so true is that if I'm angry because of what somebody says to me, and we're talking about perhaps someone I know, not something I've heard on a podcast, it's normally because I'm angry at myself. They've said something to me. I want to snap at them and say, I don't like what you just said, but the truth is it's hit a nerve because there's some truth to it that I'm not prepared to. It's triggered me for want of a better word. And I know that you said that before you actually analyze it and try and grow from it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, yes, there are certain things like if my husband says something like I will snap back, you know, there, there, are those, those times I'm not going to pretend that I am always a well-oiled machine when it comes, but I do try to give myself a moment and think about it. Like, why is this upsetting me? And I think that what you're saying is completely true, except when it comes to like politics, I think that actually can make, you know, can bring out the most wild of, you know, emotions, which is why people say, let's avoid talking about it. But I think when it comes to lifestyle, parenting, work, any of those types of things, some things can, you know, hit you the wrong way, but also there are some people that aren't going to mesh effortlessly. Like the, I know sometimes, you know, I'll get clients sometimes and I can tell by their tone, like we're going to have, we're going to have a hard time this person. I, and so at that point I would bring in another coach and transition because there is no, just, you have to know yourself and you have to know if this isn't the best situation for both of us, I can tell, you know, maybe we both have too strong of personalities or maybe one is this way or one's too sensitive, whatever it is, you can switch things around. Mm. Like you don't need to be in a situation to, you don't need to always be right. Do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? That needs to be the name of a book, <laughs> the title of a book. That's amazing. Um, Now we've talked about the fact that you wanted to lose 80 pounds when you were heavier, Mm -hmm. did people say things to you? Were you put in that situation where you felt fat shamed or you felt people made you feel less than because of how you were physically? Well, I definitely fluctuated my entire life, you know, up until seven years ago. So I, you know, I was not the, you know, I, I under ate as a child, you know, riding horses. And then I moved out to LA and really lost my footing and didn't know anybody. And I had, you know, all these jobs and I, 
you know, I gained a bunch of weight then. And then I lost it when I went back to riding horses, but it was like this, just this yo-yo of fad diets and not like the best. Um, because I, I didn't have a, a healthy relationship with learning about what I needed to feed my body to actually nourish it, you know? And so th- those years were, were a struggle always. And then where it became, you know, I, I had anger, resentment. If anybody said anything to me, you know, like I remember I came home for Thanksgiving one year and you know, nobody, you know, my family didn't mean it. They was like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> this is the last time we saw you, you know? And I was like, what? you know, like acting like I didn't even know what anybody was talking about, but it was like a a big change. So I became really angry and I wore that chip on my shoulder for a very long time. Um, And what I had to realize was it's not about what other people think I look like aesthetically. It has to be where I want to be. And it has to be in a a way that feels good to me. I don't want to be doing things like the cookie diet where I eat five cookies a day. And like, I actually did that. That was one of the ways I lost weight. Oh yeah. And there were these little like square, I mean, they tasted like plastic. I mean, I lost a bunch of weight on it, but it was like such a thing that, you know, I'd immediately gain it all back because how do you sustain a life on eating five or six cookies a day? And so that's why it was so important to me with All In is learning about all of the foods, learning about all the, the way we teach people how to grocery shop, what to purchase, how to, you know, prep foods that like sometimes things don't have to be as difficult as we make it because, that's how, that's what I needed to know that I can do this. And, you know, I think that all, oftentimes the thing that all people will, will say that can be controversial is like, well, you should be happy no matter where you are. And yes, if no matter, you know, what your weight is or what your size and clothes is, if you're 100% feeling good in your own skin, own it, baby. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, pretending to own it is even more detrimental. I've learned because that's kind of what I, I was like, well, then you don't like me how I am, then I'm this, blah, blah. And then what ended up being was I was really angry and even less healthy than I was because I had to put on this facade that everything was great all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you look back? Because I definitely can. I can look back at my twenties and thirties and there's a yo-yo of my weight. And I could tell you based on the size I am in the picture, where I was emotionally. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of my childhood, I don't remember, which, you know, that's a whole other thing. But mm. when I look at pictures throughout, like, you know, when I moved out here in 1999 versus now I can just, I remember, like, I felt really sad at this time or I felt, oh, I was really happy or, oh, you can tell I'm struggling there. Like I could always see it through a photo. And that's why when, when I post a photo, of transformations with my clients. People are like, if it's not about, you know, wait, why do you post a photo? And I'm like, because it's impossible for me to show all of the other transformation any other way on social media. And this is core part of my business. But I think what people forget is when you're not feeling good in your own skin and when you're not taking care of your mental health, you're not going to go ask for that raise. You're not going to go, you know, switch a job. If you're unhappy, you're not going to leave that cheating husband or try to work on it and get therapy because you're not going to think you're worth it. Like whatever it is. And that's what I've learned is like people start the program because they initially think it's about weight. It's Mm -hmm. never about weight. It's about everything else. And it's about the life that you've created that you've been hiding behind because you haven't felt like you are worth taking those next steps and figuring out what I need to do. And then all of a sudden, when you're moving your body and you're drinking water versus 85 diet, Dr. Peppers, (laughs) you have more energy. And when you're fueling your body with foods that are healthy versus, you know, pop tarts, all of a sudden your body feels better. And all of a sudden, then you see some physical transformation. And then all of a sudden you feel less cloudy. And all of a sudden you can make massive change because you know, you're worth it. Mm. And you know, you've been settling. I think that's the thing is I think sometimes it can look visually as though it's a weight loss thing. Oh, I lost weight. Therefore I'm happy. And when you are carrying weight that you don't want to be you can fall into this headspace I definitely did of thinking I will be happy when I'm thin or I'll be happy when I've lost however much weight but it isn't it really is about that journey of when you do take a hold of yourself and for me it was self-sabotaging behaviors with food so eating my feelings essentially yeah it was the the self-esteem and the sense of self and the 
sense of worth I got from correcting that that was the bigger thing than actually what is visibly obvious to be the change. Yeah, I I, I 1 million percent agree. And I think that we have to know also that as we, you know, as we mature, as we get older, whatever, however you want to say it, your idea of what a good life is, is going to change, you know, and you're, and you're allowed to grow with yourself and you're allowed to go just because I believed, you know, so, so oftentimes I didn't do things because I was like, I already have this view on this and I'm not changing it. No, <laughs> you're allowed to change the way you feel about something. And you're allowed to then work at ways to, to make, you know, to accomplish those goals. And I think you, if we all get to a place where we all know that we're going to fail, I fail every day at something. I 1 million percent, but then I look at all of the things that I succeed in and I go, well, that failure is going to help me learn how to switch that tomorrow or switch that next week or whatever it may be. And just getting comfortable with those conversations with yourself. That is the biggest part. We are all far from perfect. We get pigeonholed by perfectionism, by wanting to look a certain aesthetic, by comparison, all of those things. But the key to all of it is your relationship with yourself. Mm. So how does one get out of a misery bubble? If misery loves company, how do you change yourself so that when you're with your friends, because you can't just drop all your friends and find new ones where you'll be the new version of yourself. Do you, did you find that, that it was a kind of a slow change to kind of show up and be a different version of yourself? This is going to sound silly, but the first thing I would say is go like Start your day with a morning walk, get some sun on your face, breathe, do a meditation. Like I love uh, 10% happier. There's also free ones on headspace. There's ones on Peloton. There's endless options, regardless of your financials, do a meditation. You know, I just walk, move, breathe. That's going to start. Also something that I actually do with my kids that works when it comes to relationships as well is, you know, some I noticed that my kids, if I let them be on social media, not social media, on their iPads, like Robux blocks or whatever it's called, and I let them have, you know, tablet time afterwards, they're really grumpy and complaining and don't want to do anything. I set a timer and I say, okay, guys, for the next 30 minutes, I'm big on timers. There's no complaints. Like we are not complaining. I'm happy to have any conversation you want, play any game, go swim, whatever for the next 30 minutes, if not. And then you, you start to realize like, you, I mean, you know, as an adult, it's different, but you could go in and look at your sit down for drinks with your friends and say, okay, it's 6 PM. I'm going to see if I can go to 6 30 PM without making a complaint. And really start testing yourself. And if you realize that every conversation that you want to have is you complaining, or are you venting? And, you know, and then I think if you also start, stop making it about you and start listening what people are saying, you know, oftentimes we are saying things solely like while people are talking, we're already in our head thinking about what we're going to respond versus what they're actually saying and taking that in. So if you stop making the narrative always about you and you make it about other people and you start listening and you're more engaged and then you start caring about them and then your response to them, instead of it being, oh yeah, that's the worst being, oh, you know what? I, I totally feel you. Is there anything I can do? Be active service. You know, they don't need you to tell them how miserable it is because they got in this argument with their husband. He's such a jerk because then you're just saying in that misery, you know, bubble. But Mm. if you start figuring out ways to, yeah, I know that is the worst, but like, what can we do? What let's figure it out. Let's like start having energizing the conversation. If not every single one of your drinks or dinners or walks with your friends are going to be the same conversation. That's kind of about setting boundaries, isn't it? It's saying mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm going to be open, but the boundary is, is that we're not going to go to a negative place. We're going to always look for the positive takeaway from this particular exchange. For sure. And, you know, it takes time. But I think if you start being aware of it, if you start looking at the time and if you start realizing, wow, as, you know, my friend's speaking, all I want to do is respond and complain. <laughs> you know, you got a little work to do. And I've been there. Believe me, I have been there. But you know, it's just part of 
part of back to, I'm going to say it a thousand times back to that relationship you have with yourself and accountability. Yeah. And I think, um, one of the things I've heard you say previously is that once you started on this journey, you realize quite quickly, I need to figure out who I am. And I wonder where, if someone's listening to this, where you would advise them to begin if they're listening to this and they're thinking, gosh, I'm doing all of the things that, that Teddy and Emma said they used to do. Where, where do I start? Because everyone's journey is going to have a different starting point and take, have, take a different course. Yeah. I mean, I think that first and foremost, you don't ever have to go on somebody else's journey. Yours is your own. There's no time frame. There's no like you, you know, can't, if you're not, didn't have success by this age, or if you didn't have, none of that exists, especially now you're in a, you're in an open playing field. Educate yourself on all of the things that you're interested, interested in and figure out what you love, what lights that fire in you and then attack it full force. I think the things that I really failed at were things that I didn't want to do that I forced myself to do for money or for whatever reason. Um, I, I, I never was like ferocious and wanting to take action on it because I dreaded it. Mm. So learn what it is that you like, and then take small actionable steps daily to accomplish it. You know, it's like if somebody's saying, I want to be a writer. I'm like, well, do you write every day? What have you written? You know, like, oh, have you listened to this? Have you watched this? Have you like, what, what have you done? Cause you can't just want to do something and then, or a singer or whatever it may be. You have to, you have to practice it. You have to work at it. You have to, it's gotta be consistent consistency. And then whatever it is in your life that you're trying to do, if you're consistent about it, you will end up accomplishing your goals. I think that the thing that is so seductive is when you sign up for something or when you think, right, I'm going to start this diet. I'm going to start working out. You can set a really high goal in the short term and then you can get to day five and it's just completely, it just isn't sustainable. And the thing is, I think if I give advice to anybody, I say, just figure out something that you can sustain, figure out something you can do consistently and then that's when you see the results and it doesn't have to be about big wins. Yeah, no, I mean, that's why I say it's a lifestyle change. And that's why my business is done on text message, because if somebody is on day five and they're looking for that excuse on why they want to throw in the towel, I still have their message from day one telling me why they wanted to change their life. And I'll just screenshot it and send it back and be like, hey, remember how you felt this day? Let's do this. Let's do this because I know that if you quit on yourself right now, the punishment you're going to give yourself later for, and the, and the guilt and all of those things that we put ourselves through, like you, you wanted it that bad that you paid me, that you started it just because your son's soccer change soccer game got changed is not a reason that you can't continue. Let's figure out the most feasible way to make this work. I will always work with people. Oh, okay. It's pizza party at soccer game. All right. Let's talk about it. These are the options, but throwing in the towel because you get thrown a curveball. Life is full of curveballs, but mm. you know, you gotta be able to, you know, you gotta be able to move with it. I mean, I'd love everything to stay the same and, it, you know, be able to just be like, Oh, I'm in my little perfect bubble and here we go. But that's just not life. Do you think that's, I think that's what I thought it looked like for a long time. I thought that eating well looked like perfectly portioned food in containers in the fridge that I would get at a certain time. And I thought that would be the only way that I could sustain it. And I guess I've seen things on television too, where people had chefs and I thought, yeah, that seems like the way to do it. But actually it's about finding your version of that within the chaos that is just everyday life. Yeah. I mean, I am one, my husband, for example, like he gets food, a food delivery and he eats this food delivery every day. I could never, like, I am not, I don't like that. It, I don't think it's yummy. I don't like the smell of like microwave chicken. Like all of the things are not for me. However, that's like what he likes, what works for him. And, um, I also am not somebody that can, and I'm not dogging out anybody else on any other type of programs, but I'm not going to weigh my food on a scale. I'm not going to measure. I'm not going to count my macros. I, I just need a lifestyle that I can stick to. I want to know what I should order at lunch. I want to have those 
things set up so that it's, it's easy for me. Anytime that it feels like so much work, I want to quit. So make it whatever is easiest for you. If you are a person where you want to have prepackaged meals and that's what makes it sustainable for you, do it. But if you're somebody that goes, I dread eating this lunch every single day, this is not for you. Mm. Figure out the things like sometimes I'll go through phases where I eat the same thing for lunch for a while because I love it. And it's like my new thing. And then I get sick of it and then I move on to something else. But it's like I can easily prepare it and it's delicious to me. So just start experimenting with what works for you. And you don't have to go, well, that didn't work for you know this person or that worked for that. Who cares what works for you? What's the same sustainable for your life? Also, what example do you want to provide for those in your life? Mm. So like, I don't have my, you know, foods prepackaged in those things. However, I have my veggies cut and my fruit available so that when my kids get home, they have easy things to grab. I also do snack like packs, like, especially during like, um, zoom learning, or even for myself, when I have meetings, I will put out my snacks so that I'm not tempted to go to the pantry and grab junk 36 times a day or anytime I feel bored or whatever it is. And then I, you know, I have things that I like, I have carrots and hummus. I have some, you know, oranges. I have this, I have, you know, whatever it may be like cashews that I can easily grab and fill myself up and feel nourished versus, Oh, that was the worst call. I'm going to go grab this, you know, whatever it is. Mm. You talked about habits and I've talked at length about habits and I continue to talk about habits on this particular podcast, but I do agree with you. I think it's about building that habit into your routine. So it stops being a habit and it becomes a reflex. It just becomes a part of who you are. It's almost like your DNA. And I think one of the things I've found really useful is not giving myself a hard time about failure and not expecting this new lifestyle to be just a continuous course of perfection. But how do you deal with failure? For example, if you were to get on the scale and the scale didn't say what you necessarily wanted it to say, or you couldn't, you couldn't eat in the way that you wanted to for whatever reason for a few days, how do you navigate that? I think, you know, the easiest way for me to explain it is like, if I go away on vacation, I'm going to go and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make the healthiest options that I can, but I'm not going to be the person that's sitting at a restaurant because they don't have something that like fits my nutritional needs. I'm going to either order something I don't like, or that, um, you know, I just not going to do that. I'm going to go and live my life the way I, you know, just be looser, but I know exactly when I get home, I'm, I'm not going to, go step on the scale the day I get home and then beat myself up for what I did. I'm going to come home and get exactly back to my ritual of prepping my foods, getting the things that I love stocked in the fridge, organizing, and I'm going to get back in the routine. And then, you know, if you want to step on the scale or whatever those things, but I think there's a difference between using a scale to see what works for your body and what doesn't versus Mm -hmm. using it as punishment after you're enjoying yourself on a vacation or whatever it may be. So I think it's just learning what works for you. And then also experimenting with food. Like it sounds very random, but like I can eat cashews, you know, whenever I feel like it and I feel good. If I eat almonds, my stomach is bloated. I I'm, feel lethargic. I actually gain weight. It's, it's very bizarre, but I wouldn't know that if I wasn't actually you know, because before I would just eat everything all the time, I will, I'll know immediately a feeling that I'm like, wow, the only thing that was different yesterday was I ate almonds instead of cashews, you know? The, so you start to see what works for your body. It's not about deprivation, but it's about going, you know, like I have, you know, clients, eggs don't work with them, mm. you know, or oats don't work with it. You know, you've got to figure out what works for you and what doesn't. I think that's another huge part piece of the puzzle actually is paying attention and I was reading Anna Kendrick's autobiography a little while ago and she says she just used to eat like she was throwing food into a dumpster fire (laughs) I could so relate to that and actually it's the same thing and you mentioned it earlier about when you wake up in the morning what do you need are you do you have the energy do you feel like you've got the bounce in your step to go for a seven mile run or to go for a really energetic hike or do you need to do some yin yoga and paying attention so a lot of it is where you talked earlier about I needed to figure out who I am I think it's a big piece of connecting back with yourself did you ever feel disconnected from yourself of course and I still do and I think that 
we have to know that like it's going to come in waves. So like for me, for example, right before I start, you know, my menstrual cycle, I really my anxiety is high. I don't feel my best. Like I am, you know, it's all the things, especially now that the doctor said I'm perimenopausal. So like, you know, all of that. But I know it. Mm. So I can say to myself, you're going to start your period within the next three days. This happens. Your life is not coming to a screeching halt. (laughs) The world is not ending. You are about to start your period. (laughs) You know, like you can have those conversations with yourself if you know your body. And then you give yourself the okay of going, all right, this is why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. However, okay, what's going to make me feel better? Okay. These are the things that I know, you know, what it can even be a hot ice, you know, a hot pack or ice pack or whatever it is, oils, you do you, but like figuring out where it is that you, you struggle the most and then figuring out tools to kind of make it better. And it's trial by error. You know, like I have, you know, OCD and anxiety. And for a while I was put on a medication and I, you know, I think, there's good medications that work for you amazingly. And one of the medications I was put on really affected me terribly. And like, I felt disgusting. And like, I was like, I've never felt, and it was, you know, it took me a while to actually kind of figure out, wow, it's the medication that they put me on to try to monitor this, but it's about seeking help when you need it. Mm going to the doctor, going, and I don't, part of anxiety and OCD is I don't like going to the doctor. I don't, (laughs) I don't. So I have to really be aware and like have, Hey, listen, I know we were trying to, you know, help my anxiety, but what's ended up happening is I, I I really feel lethargic every single day. Could it be this and talking, okay, this is a good alternative. Actually, this is, you know, I'm going to have you see this nature path or whatever it is, like be vigorous and trying to figure out what it is. You don't have to settle for, for the middle. I've heard you say a few times and it's in relation to exercise. It's in relation to nutrition. It's in relation to work. And it's the thing that keeps you balanced, which is, am I doing what feels good to me? It's always checking in with that question. Yeah. And I think, you know, something that's, I like to say is I go all in on everything in my life. Like it doesn't matter if it's work, family, my husband, you know, my birthday party, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go, if I care about something, I'm going to go all in on it. But you said the word balance, which made me think, so often I felt so much pressure about needing to feel hundred percent balanced. And that isn't the case for me. I have to be able to say, you know what? Today is a really heavy work skewed day, but you know what? Friday is going to be all about the family and giving myself, looking through my schedule, making sure that it's an option and then saying it to the people. Like I had to say to my kids, Hey guys, daddy's actually driving you to camp today. I can't even pick you up. My friend, Latal, you know, like because I am so busy with work, but guess what? Friday, we're going to the beach, you know, like this is, and just setting up everybody's expectations, because if not, you put so much pressure on yourself to have this perfect balance because you don't, you want to, don't want to be a bad mom. You don't want to be bad at your job. You don't. And then you end up doing everything bad. <laughs> but if you realize there is no such thing as a perfect balanced day, then all of a sudden you understand and you can pivot your weeks to be more balanced. Mm. But I was so, I was craving balance. I want to be balanced. I want everything to be there. It's just not, it's not feasible to most people. What I'm really hearing in this is it's about establishing healthy, healthy, healthy lines of communication, not just internally, but also with the people around you. Yeah. And then setting up what, you know, looking, looking ahead, you know, for, I do it on Sundays, but I look ahead of my week. I look at my, I have like an old, you know, school fashion, like an old fashioned, like paper calendar. And I look at it, I see, you know, all the blue, I call them the blue dots. I see all the blue dots and I'm like, all right, this is some of the things that I need to move. This is what's important. These are priorities. I highlight the priorities. And then I set myself up for the week knowing, and then I know when I can give myself a break and going, you know what, this is your day. And I, I hold myself accountable to it. Like today you're going to take a bath. 
you're going to go read a book and you're not going to, I'm one of those people that I always want to be like on it that like, I used to guilt myself for reading a book and taking a bath. What if my husband comes in? What if somebody, what if I need to be, no, you worked really hard. You're a great mom. Go in the bath and read a book, have a glass of wine. If you want do what you want to do, but like give yourself the permission Mm. to not always be on. Yeah. It's giving yourself permission, isn't it? And not worrying about what, what your choices might look like to someone else, because you know what they look like to you. And that overrides what anyone else's perception might be. For sure. Um, I've had such a light bulb moment with accountability in my own life. And I've talked about it a lot on the podcast. And so you are the perfect person to have come on and share your experience too. It's been so valuable. Teddy, thank you so much. Um, Would you want to let the listeners know where they can find you, where they can find All In? Oh yeah, sure. You can follow me um, on Instagram at Teddy Mellencamp. I post a lot in my stories, a lot of information. And I also have a work Instagram at Go All In by Teddy along with my website, www.allinbyteddy.com. Also, please tune in to Teddy Teapod. We go down so many different rabbit holes on so many different things. And um, I know you guys will love it. And I'm so happy you had me on today. And just remember, as you're closing out, it's one foot in front of the other. And, you know, there's this woman named Robin who said this, and it really sunk home to me and is forward is a pace. So remember that. And uh, I'm wishing you all the best. Thank you so much, listeners. It goes without saying, but the links that Teddy has just shared will be in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. But Teddy, thank you so much for being on the Emma Gunn Show. Thank you. I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I do hope you enjoyed it. I appreciate your time hugely. If you did enjoy it and you never want to miss an episode, then please do hit the subscribe button wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. It's also where you get the opportunity to leave a five-star review and a rating for how you feel about the show. And I'd be so grateful if you wouldn't mind leaving one. If you want to get in touch with me, email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Or you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. If you fancy chatting to me and thousands of other fellow listeners of the podcast, then click the link to join the Facebook forum. The link to join is in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode you have to answer a couple of questions but we cannot wait to see you there come over and join the conversation thank you so much for listening i will see you on the next one 